Hey everyone, this is Sarah Whaler, host of Interrelate. This is episode three, and I will be talking with Lauren McHale, who opened the first ever Bay Area Soul Cycle Studio. Lauren McHale here today. She is has opened the first Soul Cycle Studio in the Bay Area. is also a certified yoga instructor, Sacramento native, um, and have her today here to talk about you know what community means to her and what kind of the combination of spiritual growth and, and fitness and, and all of it and how she came to, to take on this as her kind of her, her thing. So to kick it off, Lauren, um, thank you for joining me today. Thank you um, for having me. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you opened the first Soul Cycle in the Bay Area. What inspired you to join the Soul Cycle community and how has it evolved since you started? Well, it all kind of began when I was graduating from college and I had worked really hard to get myself situated in the um, entertainment industry. I was working as a basically an amateur television host at that point. And um, I guess what really sort of got me to lean into fitness at that point was that it had been something that was lacking in my life. Um I had been on team sports my entire life, basketball team, swim team, soccer team. And for some reason, when I went to college, I really just wanted to experience college and not have the responsibility of the team sport for whatever reason. And I think towards the end of my college experience, I realized that that was something that I, I missed a lot that that actually had contributed to a lot of positivity and connection in my life growing up. And right. um a combination of just kind of not really knowing if I was headed in the right direction combined with um, sort of feeling this void in my routine and in my connection with myself. And then ultimately, um, you know, my grandfather passing away really kind of put me in this place of like, all right, I've got to, I've got to get happy first and foremost. Like that has to be my priority right now. And it's, I, it wasn't even really like a hard decision. I, I knew, I, I just knew that that sports and fitness was something that I needed to have back in my life. And so um, there was a studio in Venice Beach that I had featured on my show and in a magazine that I had um, helped them create. And I just remember thinking like that studio was in, in such a cool location. Like I definitely want to be in that area. And then maybe if I, you know, work the front desk, I can take free classes and get back into shape. And, and really that's what, snowballed me um, getting into the fitness industry and Hmm. um, I worked at the front desk and got free classes and like just the thrill of having a a coach having someone there to support me through you know really getting my butt back into gear Um, it it, it was uh, it was kind of like coming out of one of the lowest points in my life and and those um, instructors I still hold very close to my heart and are still some of my mentors and good friends and um, that is eventually what pushed me into Soul Cycle. I started teaching six months after working the front desk wow. and I loved it I just it it felt um, it felt really authentic for me mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and when Soul Cycle opened in Los Angeles at that time they only had West Hollywood and Brentwood had just opened and the next market or the next studio was going to be Santa Monica 
I thought, wow, what a great opportunity. And I went and I took um, my really good friend Gina's class, and it was it blew my mind. And, um, you know, I, I still didn't really know even how to do most of the choreography. And right after class, she was like, okay, so when do you want to audition? And I was like, wow. wow. It was just in, immediately that, that, um, that sense of welcoming and yeah. belonging um, was huge for me. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's from something there... Neat. Something you, I'm sure, needed at that point in in your life. Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And so, so from there, you went on to open Full Cycle in, in the Bay Area. Was that? Or so, how did that transition happen? Yeah. So I auditioned in West Hollywood, and mm-hmm. then a couple weeks later, I got the the yes email, and that meant that I had to pack up my things and move to New York about a month after that. I moved to New York City. I had all my things in Los Angeles in a storage unit. Um, I went to New York. And basically the first day of instructor training, one of our founders, Julie Rice, um, she was sitting in on our, like, initial kind of icebreaker. We were all going around, like, mm-hmm. introducing ourselves, saying where we're from. And she was like, you know, you guys, the next market that we're opening is going to be San Francisco. Would any of you be interested? And wow. I swear to you, my hand was in the air before she mm. would finish the sentence. I was like, me. And like, wow. And, ever, and up till that point, my, you know, I was really excited to open Santa Monica. Like, that was kind of the vision. Mm-hmm. And to have that opportunity come up and truly in within, like, a few seconds just be like, absolutely, like, that's wow. 100% what I want to do. Totally. Yeah. Um, and to just to just know, like, obviously, that was just your gut, your intuition. Yeah. 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 That's that's great. And so you went on to open like how how is that process of opening a studio having had, you know, six months of experience cycling at that? Yeah. Point? Um, yeah. Great. I mean, it was really exciting. I mean, yeah. instructor training in New York was such a mind blowing experience. It was very introspective as much as it was learning how to be a performer and carry space. And so I definitely felt a huge responsibility to carry the soul cycle, New York, um, vibe. Yeah. Mantra. Yeah. Just the, the culture and the method Mm -hmm. and, and the philosophy and just all of it, you know, I I really wanted to make sure that I was honoring everything that I'd learned in training and by bringing it to the Bay Area. So it was, it was exciting, but it also felt very, um, you know, I definitely felt that responsibility of and pressure, of holding sure. space. Yeah. 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 How, how has the studio evolved since you started it? Has it changed? Has it, I'm sure it's grown obviously, but. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, living in San Francisco and, um, you know, I grew up in Sacramento, but I've always kind of appreciated Bay Area culture. And especially these mm-hmm. days, you know, the startup world, Right. Um, is so huge, and it was really cool to be at Soul Cycle when they were kind of like a startup that was just starting their like initial like big expansion. But yeah, I'd say if we're in like phase three of like how big the company is and how widespread we are, like I was right there around like 1.5 when like wow, it was definitely bigger than the initial you know one studio in New York City that didn't have any signage. You had to, like, walk through a hall to get to. Like, I wasn't there for those days. I have a lot of respect for the people who have been. But I I do feel um, really lucky that I got to jump in when it was still slightly small, and I got to really yeah. see see that growth and see that right. evolution. For sure. Um, 
Yeah. And was it, I mean, were there lines out the door from the beginning? Like, did it take a while? (laughs) No. Okay. I sort of, I mean, some days like an immediate cult following. Well, Um, there's that initial boom, right? Everyone's talking about it. They're excited. And, and the opening weekend, there's that, the big boom. And then after that, you know, people have to figure out what, um, you know, how much they can ride in a week that is sustainable and that works with their schedule. And so there's definitely a little bit of like time where people have to, you know, find their groove and then, exactly. um, but every studio has, you know, has their following, their culture, their community. It's, it's, it's pretty incredible to see it evolve. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And so I, I tried Soul Cycle the first time, maybe a few months ago, and I go to the gym regularly. But um, so typically, I consider myself not to be a class person. But the first time I tried Soul Cycle, I was like, wow, this did there's something really unique about the experience. It does feel right. spiritual, it feels like a community. It's sort of like, um, I always like it's, it's absolutely a workout, but it's this combination of like this super intense workout. And then also spiritual, and and I always like I always feel like I'm on the verge of tears, like right? In the, in the best possible way. And yeah. so, like, how explain how that works from your perspective as an instructor? Well, what I'll say is that was the philosophy from the beginning. I mean, when we were first, you know, sort of learning about soul cycle culture and the vision that Julie and Elizabeth had, it was all about something that felt, um, felt different than just a group fitness class. And I think there was a big focus on, you know, authenticity and connection and, um, music. First and foremost, I I mean, um, I mean, if you think about it, you know, music, uh, Music elicits an emotional response from people. Sure. You know, you you remember the song, you remember the moment, you you have a feeling. And human beings, not to get too meta here, but um, uh, we're largely driven by our emotions. Our choices are driven by our totally. emotions, how we feel. And so yeah. when you're in a class that is triggering your emotions through music, not only do you feel more connected to what you're doing, but you feel more motivated to work hard because exactly. there's intention behind it. And it's not just about getting it done it's about understanding why why are we working so hard right now why are we making this choice why are we holding ourselves in this way and I think when you put intention behind the hard work um that's what gets people so connected to it and so sort of you know addicted to it because it it does um open them up to themselves it really does yeah it's a really special experience and yeah um yeah so, yeah, well, thank you for sharing that. Who would you say or what are your biggest inspirations in your life? You know, uh, it's interesting because I was thinking about doing this interview with you when I was teaching yeah. today. And um, as you saw when I was when you took my class, you know, I, yeah. um, I like to I like to keep it sort of, you know, uh, personal and totally saying as like, yeah, you know, I love that, you know, later I'm going to be doing this interview and, I, you know, one of the things I'm sure she's going to ask is um, what inspires me. And I just looked around and I was like, look at the people around you. Like, mm-hmm. welcome to my inspiration. Because it really, yeah. for me, it comes down to the human experience yeah, <laughs> is what yeah. inspires me. Yeah. And 
I'll tell you what doesn't inspire me is money, fame, and power. Like those mm-hmm. things don't, in, don't yeah. inspire or motivate me. But when I can walk out of a room of 65 people and have, you know, one or two people come up to me and say, you know, that, that was really um, emotional for me or that, I, that was, you know, whatever they say, just to feel like I've made an impact on their uh-huh. lives in some way um, and hopefully <laughs> positive um, right. You know, that's, 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 that's like the best feeling. No, I agree. That, yeah. and that gives me, that gives me goosebumps. I absolutely relate to that. Um, yeah. One of the things I noticed in your class and the instructor, the instructors are all awesome, but I, I noticed, especially in your class, like you just have this, this voice, right? Not only like the, the tone, but it's, you know, where, where do you get that means of inspiring and just sort of the messaging that you that you have in a class and that presence, like where, where does that come from? First of all, thank you for the compliment. That's, I'm like yeah. blushing right now. That's my say. Um, you know, I'll say this, anything that I say in my classes, as far as, you know, the, the inspiring stuff or the stories or, I don't know, I, I, I tend to feel a little bit insecure, like I overshare, but then when you say stuff like that, I feel like, you know, it's working. No, it's, um, it makes people connect, I think. Yeah. Right, and that's always the hope, but you'd yeah. be surprised how how that can get misinterpreted, but yeah. I digress. Yeah. Um, the, my voice comes from the life that I've lived. I mean, yeah. it's it's as unique as I am and as, you know, encompassing as everyone's experience. You know, I I, I think Mm -hmm. I just learned early on that, you know, the things we go through are subjective, but there's these underlying truths that exist for all of us Mm -hmm. and these themes. And from those themes, there's sort of these like sub-themes, these little nuggets of wisdom, if you will, that, you know, number one, I believe to be true. And then number two, that I feel can resonate with the room at large. Right. So as personal as I get, I'm also just opening myself up so that hopefully people feel like they can become more open to themselves. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, yeah. it's really easy for exercise to just kind of feel like a punishment or a chore. Yeah. But when you walk out feeling like, oh, my gosh, I just made sense of this thing that was really stressing me out, and now I feel better about it. Right. Like, okay. That's that's where I really want to focus the work because exactly. you know, you can be the most physically fit person in the world, but let's make sure that you are actually enjoying that beautiful life that you get to live as that right. you know, right. Athlete. And, yeah, yeah, and evolving on the inside as much right. as you may be physically evolving on the outside. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. I will tell well, you too, though. My yeah. my voice has evolved. I mean, <laughs> mm, yeah, I'm when sure. I, when I was yeah. a new instructor, I, you know, it took me a while. It, it mm. definitely took me a while to find my voice, and yeah. I I tried a few different ones on. I think and interesting. Got feedback about those voices and learned what works and what doesn't. And I'll tell you what, my voice today is a lot different than it was in in 2013. Wow. Yeah, so in what way would you say? Like more confident? Well, well, I'd say more grounded. I mean, I I know who I am. I know what I value. I know, you know, I I, I basically, 
I, I just think I've grown up, you know, with, yeah. with those years have come life experience and totally. the things that would, you know, the things that I would take personally, I just don't anymore, you know, yeah. <laughs> little, you let, little you learn to let it roll off. Yeah. Which right. that, that takes maturity and it takes time and it takes, right. yeah, for sure. Um, okay. So what, what would you say is your, obviously you have, you know, for those who've attended or who want to attend your class, um, I highly recommend, but what would you say is your favorite personal sort of mantra or quote? Oh, well, um, the one that comes to mind for me is one that my dad told me when I was, I don't know, probably in high school or something. And, um, he, he would say, you know, uh, a religious man will go to church and daydream about going fishing. Mm. And a spiritual man will go fishing and think about God. Mm. And that has always really resonated with me because I, you know, in my most spiritual moments, it's it just feels more like a connection to myself, a connection to the people in my life, a connection to right. the people I look up to. And so when I'm in that room, when I'm doing what I'm doing, you know, I try to just keep it connected. I try to remind mm-hmm. myself that I'm in this because I want to be here. Right. And, you know, if I wanted to do it another way, I could. But while I'm here, I should, you know, be present. If that makes right. sense. Be, I'm not and sure. And be honest. <laughs> I'm not no, sure it does, that it does, with it the does quote. make sense. And it is, <laughs> it, it is also like another another way of looking at it, too. It's, it's kind of walking the walk. I mean, that's like another right. version. But, um, and, and, uh, making the most of your opportunity while you have it. And um, so, yeah, no, that, that totally makes sense. Um, so you, you've at this point, having run this, this program for like five years now, um, being an instructor at Full Cycle, what would, Cycle, what would you say is your best or most inspiring sort of struggle to success story? Oh, Either I mean, personally or that you've win- witnessed in, and clients. Yeah, I mean, as far as with writers, it's kind of an overwhelming amount. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. There are, I mean, it really, when people take time to, like, pull me aside after class and they'll give me their, like, synopsis of mm. what it took to show up today, what it took to start working out in general, how far they've come since they first started writing, Right. something personal they're going through outside of the studio. I mean, it's um, it's always so overwhelming to have people open up like that and really share these intimate um, parts of their lives with me. Right. So there's a lot of that. There's a lot of, you know, overcoming darkness and yeah. learning how to take better care of themselves. And it's, it's there's so many. Um, yeah. For me, as far as like, struggle to success I mean I honestly feel like I'm kind of still in it if that makes sense yeah of course it totally does yeah and and yeah that and Lauren and you don't have to share this if you don't want but I I was you know reading a a little bit more about you and and if you feel comfortable sharing this you know we can we can alive with it or not but so you've been pretty open about your mother being diagnosed with bipolar disorder when you were really young. How, how has that, I mean, obviously I'm sure that's had a huge impact on you growing up and kind of 
your relationship with her, but how, you know, that this is a little bit of a different question than like the soul cycle yeah. success story, but how has that impacted you and your relationship with her and your kind of evolu- evolution as a woman? Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, it was hard because when I first learned about my mom being, you know, quote unquote sick, I was very, mm-hmm. very young. Yeah. And so to me, mom being sick meant like, you know, you have a fever, you you have right. a cold, or physically chicken pox, right? So, right. learning um, learning how to understand mental illness from a very mm-hmm. very young age was it was interesting. I mean, I I feel like our relationship today is really strong because we went through so much growing up, but it was very tumultuous. It I'm was. Sure. Um, it was hard for both of us, and that's why, you know, I try to be really careful um, when I talk about it because I want to honor her resilience and her mm-hmm. strength and her um, sacrifice. I mean, right. she went from being in, incredibly unstable in and out of hospitals throughout my childhood to today being incredibly stable, incredibly loving, totally present, successful in her job. And I, I'm just so proud of her because today we have a really great relationship and, um, you know, having had all those years where we were very distant and it was, you know, really challenging, um, it makes me appreciate it more today, yeah. but I will say, you know, growing up, it, it was hard to, to not only learn what it meant, but to learn how to sort of grow up alongside it totally and, totally um you know i also think yeah. that being only an only child played into it because i was i was the only one sort of really with that precise experience of what i was going through and a lot of times right um i think about that but i i also am grateful that my dad was really good about stepping in and um you know calming the situation whenever he needed to. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I might be trailing off here. <laughs> no, no, that's, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. And I, yeah. I, I think it's, I wanted to ask you and thank, thanks for be, being open about that. I, I think, you know, the bond, the bond we have with our parents, with our families is, is really powerful. And, and, you know, I, yeah. growing up, my older brothers are not growing up, but, you know, yeah, as a teenager, I had an older brother who suffered, from drug addiction and like for a long time and that sort of shaped our relationship and it was yeah. challenging. There were moments where you just feel like, you know, and similarly with someone with a mental health, you know, right. sickness, it's, it's not always easy to love them, you know, and, right. uh, but you, you know, it is the family bond, like blood is thicker than water. And so I think yeah. it's, it's a powerful relationship and, but you grow a lot, you know, having right. that com- complex sort of relationship with someone who is struggling. And so right. I'm happy to hear that, that she's doing well and that you have a strong, stronger relationship than ever. But I think yeah, it does. Don't get me wrong. I mean, there was, yeah. there were definitely years of like anger, resentment. I'm sure. Yeah. You know, when I was, when I was a teenager, I was not an angel. I was not always like, go mom. Like there were right. times when I really played the victim and really, you know, and what I will say, like, not to make this connection um, too hastily, but I will say that 
team sports um, saved me mm. in those in those moments where right. when my house was the most unstable, I at least had swim practice, soccer practice, basketball right. practice, and then I had the connection with my teammates and that sense exactly. of belonging. And yeah. you know that really kept me grounded. And that's really powerful. For and, sure. and I'm not just saying that. I mean, when I think back on you know the the big picture, the big so for people whatever to get back into a, a fitness or get keep up a consistent routine, what advice would you give them? Like what what's a sustainable way to kind of get back into it or, or just keep keep going? Um the way that I would say you start a regular routine is first you've got to kind of sample the options that are out there that work with your schedule. Because at the end of the day you need to eliminate as many excuses as possible. So you need to find those pockets in your regular schedule where it works every single week, no matter what. And like, you know, if you have to hit snooze one day because you're sick, like maybe that's the only excuse that keeps you from going. But you've just got to find those pockets and, you know, the class, the instructor, the community that you really vibe with. And then, you know, make it, as my boyfriend likes to say, like brushing your teeth. And that's just part of your routine. And that's just what you do on that day. And that's the best way to stay yeah. committed because then you get to know the people who take that same class and then you start to feel like you want to be around those people. You want to take that instructor's class. So right. finding something that works for your schedule and actually, you know, makes you want to be there. Exactly. Huge. Yeah. It's just kind of like automating it. And then also it should be something that's fun and that, that doesn't feel like work. You know, right, that you I genuinely think, want to go to. Exactly, and I think that that's why SoulCycle is just this amazing experience that is definitely hard and definitely intense. But to me, my my feeling about it is like it's more fun than work, or it's more it's, it's beyond fun, really, because it is like feels life changing. It feels like your life is is bettered in multiple ways every time you go and. Um, I love that. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's really wonderful. Feel, yeah, and it's. Um, it really feels that way. Like, I feel like I'm a better person when I walk out of that class. And totally. uh, yeah. Um, so obviously, you know, with working out, I think we we talked about this earlier, but music is so powerful. Um, and Absolutely. certainly that's like full cycle is, you know, I'm always looking up um, full cycle Spotify playlists um, and using them on my own when I work out because they're just like, they're really, really inspiring and really upbeat. Um, but what would you say is your favorite or your go-to workout song right now these days, like this week? Oh, I'm sure it changes all the time. Maybe even today, Lauren, like, yeah, if you had one today, today you were really feeling. Yeah. <laughs> well, this might sound really silly. <laughs> we like it. But I, we want but I, Opened my class today to Thank You by Dido. <laughs> oh, wow. That's a throwback. And it was just a really nice, soothing, like, bongo yeah. beat jog throwback. Totally. Yeah. To Thursday. <laughs> yeah. I haven't heard um, that song a long time. Um, and it just, it made everyone smile. And it was a little totally. bit silly, but it was also really smooth and nice to warm up to. And Yeah. Um, so that was funny. I, I, I love to throw songs into my playlist that I think will get people to, you know, laugh or yeah, up. yeah, and a little unpredictable maybe at times, which is kind yeah. of yeah, cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. Um, so we're just going to go back to kind of the community aspect again. But what what do you think it is that distinguishes group fitness classes versus working out solo? 
like obviously they both have their benefits, but to you, mm-hmm. what what are the things that make, I mean, obviously soul cycle, I think is unique compared to other classes, but um, as a trainer, as an instructor, what are you, what do you think are the things that kind of set, set those two apart? Well, I think it's all about the connection and the sense of belonging. For you sure. know, as, as human beings, that's kind of fundamental for us. And I, right. I think we forget that because we get so um, sort of sucked into just getting stuff done, going, 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 and we're, we're doing everything so solo that um, the group mentality is really refreshing to people because right. we're not getting a whole – I mean, a lot of us are, but um, – you know, I, I think that's what really draws people into it is that sense of connection and, and teamwork and, you know, you're not the only one working this hard. Like, you know, you look at the person next to you and that pushes you to go a little harder and look yeah. at the person on your other side and looks like they need support. So you, totally. you know, hold yourself up a little differently to show them how it's done. Yeah. And yeah, I, I think it's, it really just comes down to, yeah, connection and accountability and, and sense of belonging. For sure. Yeah. Do you know of any love stories from SoulCycle? Uh, my own. <laughs> really? Okay, well, kind of. Okay. Kind of. Interesting. <laughs> well, to be fair, my my boyfriend took his first class with a friend of mine, John Taylor, and then, as the story goes, he went and was working out at Equinox in Palo Alto, and he saw my friend Todd, who also teaches, um, and Todd was wearing like a full cycle tank top or whatever, and. Um, my boyfriend, Nick, is, is very social at the gym, and so mm-hmm. he goes up to Todd and he said, oh, hey, I, I took my first soul cycle class today. And then Todd, who's also, you know, very sociable, good guy, he, you know, was like, oh, I teach there. And they kind of broed out at the gym, and they, and then Nick started <laughs> taking his classes in Palo Alto. Um, but I, I don't teach down there, not yet. Um yeah. And so they started hanging out, and they became pretty good friends. Nick was living in Menlo Park at the time. And then Todd invited him to one of our mutual friends' birthday parties up in the city and introduced us, and okay. that's wow. how we met. So he, he, he yeah. was a writer initially. It wasn't, exactly. But, but it full cycle of like the, was the connection. Right. Yeah. Um, but there are plenty of, you know, connections made in that room. I mean, there's, yeah. <laughs> there's um, you know, sweaty, beautiful people listening that's to great true. music and yeah. walking out high on endorphins. That's a great yeah. icebreaker. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You're much more inclined to talk when you're high on, on those endorphins for sure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So you just moved in with your boyfriend. Is that correct? Yes. We yeah. are four months deep. <laughs> Four months deep, and you have your your new like herb garden that you're you're working yes. with together. Yeah, the tower garden. The tower yeah. garden. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so that's obviously an exciting new project for you guys. But, um, what are your rituals or practices that you share together, whether they're fitness or otherwise? What are what are things that keep you both connected? Well, right when we first started dating, we, uh, well, he won a trip through work to the Bahamas. And so like okay. three months into dating, we were traveling to the Bahamas for the first wow. time. Nice. So I think we've, you know, and since then we've traveled to, you know, you know, six different places internationally. And we try to just go on adventures a lot. Like yeah. that's kind of the more big picture answer. And then um, Sundays definitely are like date night. We, we cook, we meal prep, we, we get mm-hmm. ready. We've, 
watch Westworld or Game of Thrones or whatever's on this season. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's kind of like our weekly chunk. Of, right, of, of time, walk yeah. of time together. Yeah, kind of getting And then everything else can kind of be up for grabs, but that's yeah. our time. That's nice. Yeah, yeah, I think Sundays are good for that. And it is kind of grounding to be like, okay, we're going to nest and get ready for the week and we're doing this yeah. thing together. It's like, feels like family time. In a way right, that, it's, a, yeah. it's a great remedy for the Sunday scaries, if you will. Totally, <laughs> totally, or the Sunday blues or whatever. Yeah, right. no, I like that. <laughs> um, where do you see yourself in, in 10 years, or five years? Five years, 10 years, you can answer oh, Five years, 10 years. Five years, 10 years. I mean, five years, I guess, in a professional sense, I hope that I'm running more retreats mm-hmm. on a regular basis. I want to help people travel and also, you know, stay active. And I want to be able to teach and, you know, expand on that. But also just like, again, that's more just trying to get people to connect in different ways. That really feels like my my purpose is to connect with people and then to connect people with each other. Exactly. So I would love to to expand on on that. Um, Fine. Hopefully we have a puppy by then. Yeah. <laughs> in five years you will, I think. Yes, might be I really. Less, it, less than that, right? Yeah, it's, I we I think we're aiming for like a year from now, but yeah, so I hope we have a puppy goal. that's. So I, I should rephrase that. I hope the puppy is potty trained and very obedient and <laughs> yeah. just loves us, and we're yeah. just in love with the dog. So fun. Um, ten years. Yeah. Ten that's years. A long time. I know. How old do I be? <laughs> Ten years. I hope I'm a mom. I mean, yeah. I really, you know, I've, since we touched on my relationship with my mother, I mean, that's kind of been a a big goal for me is, you know, to be a a, a great mother. Just, you know, and that's not to say that she wasn't. I just think that because a lot of my life centered around my relationship with her, um, a lot of my goals for the future center around creating a life that allows me to be a good mother. Um, and yeah. with that comes, you know, I hope professionally, like, if I'm still teaching Soul Cycles 10 years from now, awesome. Like, right. that that makes me an OG, and yeah. that's, totally. that's a cool, that would be incredible. But, you know, teaching in whatever capacity, expanding professionally in whatever capacity, that kind of comes second to I hope my life is stable and fun. And, mm-hmm. yeah, in 10 years, I hope I've got some, you know, well, kitties. <laughs> yeah, that gives me goosebumps. That's, that's oh. sweet. Yeah, I love that. Um, well, thanks, Lauren. Where, where, Thank and how you. can people find you? Obviously, they can they go to, can go to your classes in San Francisco. You teach at Union Street in San Francisco. I'm you, all over these days. You're all over. Yeah. Okay, so I'll give pick us, up subs anywhere. <laughs> yeah. So tell us where you are and where people can find you. Predominantly, SoulCycle, Union Street, Selma, Marin, San Mateo. Sometimes I take a class in Berkeley. Um, but, yeah, so in the city mostly at, at okay. Union Street and Selma. Okay. So all over the Bay Area. Yeah. Um, obviously, those are multiple full cycle studios, and you do offer one-on-one yoga teaching as well. Um, yes. All of that yeah. stuff can be found on my website at laurenmichael.com. Yeah, Lauren McHale, M-C-H-A-L-E.com. And then yes. Instagram, you have a pretty strong presence there. What's your handle? 
Thank you for saying that. Um, yeah, <laughs> I love it. My handle is just, yeah, Lauren McHale, lowercase, and then an underscore after it, because uh, a famous tennis player named Lauren That's- McHale took... Yeah, took the uh, the clean one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, you had to add the underscore. Um, so yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, well, thank you so much, Lauren. Uh, it was a joy learning more about you today, and I look forward to attending more of your classes. And uh, yeah, this was a really fun chat. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a comment and be sure to check us out on social media, on Instagram at Interrelate Podcasts, on Facebook and Twitter, and head over to our website at interrelatepodcast.com. See you next week.